1: Happy New Year everybody, or at least it is for you, because my name is Adam Cleary, filling in once again for Adam Wilborn and Michael Hamphlet filling in again for Michael Cidric and Michael Hamflit. So, <laughs> just to get this out of the way, first of all, we are recording, we're not sadists, we're not mad, we're not recording this on New Year's Day, we're recording this on Thursday the thirtieth of December as our preview for WWE Day 1, but of course right now it's Day Minus 2 in relation to that so there is a possibility that smackdown might throw up some mystery things so if you're listening to this and going well that's wrong because they changed it on the blue brand one grow up call it its proper name but two we can only apologize but the way time works that hasn't happened for us yet so we can't talk about it so that's just just lay all that out and of course if you're a fan of this sort of thing don't forget to subscribe itunes spotify yada yada yada. you know all that stuff by now michael hamfler before we start getting into the intricacies of this show, why it's so exciting and everyone's going to love it so much. When this goes out, it's going to be roughly, when do we think sort of like early Saturday in the UK, mm-hmm. possibly like super early Saturday in the US, possibly even still, possibly even still partying for New Year's Eve over in the United States. I will have just started my actual Christmas holiday for the first, the first day of my Christmas holiday is New Year's Day. What do you think I'm going to be doing? When this podcast goes out. Well, I mean. Be, it'd be Saturday afternoon in the UK.
2: I can only assume listening to this podcast. Once the notification has dropped in on your front screen. I can't I'll believe be you've be done be that. Be
1: to stop my plans. I can't believe you've done that. I was expecting you to say something incredibly sexy and exciting to put me over. And I was going to say, you're wrong. I'm going <laughs> to do this podcast. Sorry, so thanks no. very much for that. Anyway. I Well, who knows what I'll be doing. Hopefully a really overpriced lunch. That's what I want to be doing. Anyway, right, so WWE Day 1. It's the first, ironically enough, time they've ever done this show. It's the new, they're hitting the reset button, they have new concepts for pay-per-views, which apparently aren't just going to be based around one tedious match type. They are doing a show, apparently this is going to be the way going forward now, on Day 1, the first day of the year, a New Year's Day treat for you all in the shape of a pay-per-view, which is interesting because you've already said we're getting this on a Saturday, which is unusual, but that means conceivably... We could get this on any day of the week going forward with various different years, couldn't we? So that's, anyway, that's not interesting enough to talk about, just interesting enough to remark on. So we're going to go through the card Mm -hmm. um, straight away, and I'll start at the bottom, and we'll work our way to the top in, you know, ranking in terms of what I think is the most exciting. R.K. Bro, Randy Orton and Riddle versus the Street Profits. Now... Randy Orton has been talked about a lot this week on Twitter, and Riddle has been all over NXT doing stuff with with MSK. Is this, have WWE themselves forgotten about this match?
2: Uh, It's a bit weird, this. So the RK Broderman, not a pun, um, existed to set up challenges, and it has done, in the form of the Street Profits for day one. A pay-per-view that, otherwise, if you think about it, with this not existing, a lot of talent would just sort of be floating around waiting for the Royal Rumble. Mm. Like, tag, tag teams especially. Vincent McMahon hates tag teams. Why would he pay four guys when he can just use two? But, like, this would be the time that both men instead would be aspiring to win the Rumble rather than winning tag belts. But instead, we've got this brand-new show. Hey, by the way, me and you covering a show together with our brand-new team name, the New year boys. Forget well, those old Oh, very guys. good. Forget those old guys from the dim and distant December. Um, Yeah, this is all very sort of... <laughs> This is new. Sorry, ground. I'm
1: sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. You can't try and bill us here as like New Year's. This exciting team on New Year's Day when this has been pre-taped and we're still <laughs> like, me mean, you've been in effectively without a break all the way through Christmas. It is now the thirtieth of December. The bags under my eyes are bags <laughs> under their eyes. Do not try and imbue a level of enthusiasm as I'm on this. I cannot possibly deliver on.
2: You are in this now. You are in this. It's much, much <laughs> like the street profits in this tournament. It's, I, I don't know. Like, all, all of this. As it has been for the last couple of months now, is about the exact right time to pull the trigger between Orton and Riddle. As you say, Riddle is farting around being the shaman. Um you know, with his new tag partners, Benson and Hendricks, over on NXT <laughs> 2.0. Um like it's I wish everybody could see what you've just done there. Jesus Christ, man. If there's like tabs team not, named after the cheapest tabs in the UK. Oh Jesus Christ. I'm like, I am not somebody that imbibes but I'm also not somebody that judges but if there's one thing I hate is about that herb like I cannot bear it man like this is not like I didn't care about the Harold and Kumar franchise dude where my car wasn't for me I just think like anybody that makes crack over enjoying smoking weed are just terrible company Certainly, that's the antithesis of the people that enjoy smoking weed. They're supposed to be a lot more chilled out about things than to sell their hobby in such an overt way. But Matt Riddle's got lots of other foibles that I don't particularly like either. So that's just anyway.
1: Me. Sorry. Speaking of selling a hobby in an overt way, can we get on with previewing the wrestling podcast? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry. All right. So yeah. Sorry. To cut that long story short, it's all about whether or not you want to uh, pull the trigger on the RK Bros switch here. The pros for doing that are we are right upon Royal Rumble season, so this would be the time to make them both singles guys again because. Like the Rumble, coming, ah, I know we were friends, but we lost the belt. And come on, one of us wants to be pointing at the sign. So let's go to WrestleMania. Or do you keep those champions that little bit longer and have the first seeds of descent sown in the Rumble match itself? It never works in...
1: that. It never works for me. They're sowing the seeds in the Rumble match. I don't think that's ever landed in a convincing way, certainly not in recent years.
2: Do you not think that Riddle, now that Orton is starting to be like, ah, you know what, you're all right, you? And then Riddle eliminates him, thinking that we've got this comfort level. I can throw you out, can't I? That's what ultimately leads to Orton cracking again and you have the rest of the game.
1: That's why I hate doing these podcasts with you or Andy or Sidra because, yeah, of course, that's a great way of doing it. It's not what they're going to do. They're no, going to right, yeah. lose the belt. There's going to be a mix-up. And then they're going to do, oh, well, I guess one of us should win the Royal Rumble. And Randy will be like, well, you know, I've won the Rumble before. What have you ever done? And then Riddle just eliminate him. And that's it.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. It's, uh, <laughs> that's a it'll be. So, so to answer your question, finally, as I probably should Thank have done five minutes that. ago, I apologize. No title change. RK Bro win here, not yet. Right. Okay. Drew
1: McIntyre versus. Oh, I'm just on the Wikipedia page here, and some vandal has changed the name of whatever the actual wrestler is to Madcap Moss.
2: <laughs> Are you ready for some searing hot insight, as hot as the brew that you've just taken a sip of? Ah, uh, yes. Madcap. Yeah. Mad Moss is going to defeat Drew McIntyre. Sorry, I, sorry.
1: I've just I've just looked at a picture of him here, Madcap Moss, and <laughs> I know. I know that he's not on camera, so I would be astonished if anybody knows who he is. But we have an editor called James Pierce here at Walk Culture, and it just <laughs> yes. looks like someone stuck his head on Miller's body.
2: I think both James Pierce and Miller would be happy with that comparison as well. I, uh, I think he's winning. We have actually seen this already. Uh, Drew McIntyre plowed through. Oh, it's Riddick
1: Moss. It's Riddick Moss. Yeah. Oh. But he
2: tells. But he tells jokes now, and Vince is obsessed with alliteration, so he's madcap. Instead. Madcap
1: moss—that's not what I mean. Being funny is not what madcap means at all. It means. But no. uh, Yeah, we'll carry on. We'll
2: carry on. He's done well to escape the uh, treatment that Paul Heyman got on his birthday a couple of years ago with that Bray Wyatt puppet called Wobbly Walrus. Wobbly. So madcap moss is like a, a step <laughs> up. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw your attention to something that we all loved in the What Culture offices: the graveyard dogs. Like the <laughs> the gra- for the graveyard dogs to exist, oh. alive, something had to die, and that thing was all of our enthusiasm. When, if you recall, Shane McMahon was the first person to pin Roman Reigns after he came back from the, <laughs> the kidney diagnosis. Remember, he beat him in that singles match, oh, and it was like, and Roman's like, wow, oh, Christ, I need the Undertaker, so we're gonna have to have a banger, and that's what you had. <laughs> Who was ringside with Shane McMahon when Shane got that oh. win? It's really Mack Sire. I was that was there he knows what his role is here the idiot boy Mad Cat Moss has to get this win in order for Drew to serve his revenge dish ice and cold and he's going to do it. Mad Cat Moss gets the win here and it's be like, can you believe that Drew McIntyre lost? And then he absolutely crushes them, Mad Cat Moss and Baron Corbin with an inch of their lives before the Royal Rumble
1: Yeah, I've got absolutely nothing to contribute to that segment whatsoever <laughs> there. Um, to, but to be fair, to be fair to Drew um, he has had so many weird moments since coming back to the company, like the, being the sacrificial lamb for Roman's return, being an mm-hmm. absolute dork with uh Dolph for ages, and then still somehow having enough goodwill in the audience to to effectively be allowed to be crowned the first ever British champion twice because they knew nobody could see it the first time. Um, yeah, that probably works for him. Uh, suffer a humiliating loss, he has to work out what it all means and a big WrestleMania win for him. Yeah, why not? Why not? They could do worse. Um, can you? Please explain to me for our next segment why me, an otherwise reasonable, uh, allegedly art- intelligent—I said intelligent there—that's a word—allegedly <laughs> intelligent human being, as uh, you've already to prove my point—is convinced that Liv Morgan's winning the belt.
2: Oh, uh, why can't. is that? I, I don't know. I have. Uh... I wasn't as high on Liv Morgan as the very dedicated audience she has cultivated, but I will give her credit for cultivating that audience. She did an excellent job of finding people that wanted to see better things for Liv Morgan, and I admire that because you kind of have to you have to do that very specific bit of graft in WWE now. I think you have to find that audience that are willing to buy your merch and buy your shirts because what they see on screen will sell them absolutely nothing. So find another way to do it online instead. However, um. Week on week, I don't think she's thrived in this role. Um, Look, on SmackDown, the comparison match, and it was, they were like for like programmes. Charlotte was in a feud with Tony Storm. Becky Lynch was in a feud with Liv Morgan. And on these very podcasts, we wondered aloud if Becky and Charlotte would kind of be in this contest with each other. Who's going to make a bigger star? Is it going to be me, Becky Lynch with Liv Morgan? Is it going to be me, Charlotte Flair with Tony Storm? That is no longer a battle because Tony Storm has asked for a release rather than continue to (laughs) engage in this story. I don't think Liv Morgan's going to do that, but I think Becky Lynch has only really won that feud with Charlotte by default. I don't think this has been a star making program for her. I think it's been sillier more than it's been credible. And, I do think there's going to be a couple of shocks on this show but I don't think we're getting on here. I think Becky retains Liv Morgan can look at this as a noble failure and they can go again with her at another point down the road. I, this is not the end. What is the phrase? It's not goodbye, it's just see you later. I would say that's the case for Liv Morgan's main event aspirations.
1: Interesting. I don't, I don't know why I've got it in my head. I think partly the Instagram the Instagram algorithm has a lot to do with this. Like I should I don't follow I don't follow any wrestlers. I don't mm. know in real life, right? I don't, so I don't follow all the really attractive ones who post thirst traps, right? That that, <laughs> right. Is, that is Ben Roy Turner energy. I don't follow <laughs> any of them if I don't know them in real life. And yet, every time I go on the Instagram Explore page, it's like, "Would you like to see this photo, of Liv Morgan? Why don't you follow Liv Morgan? Liv Morgan's mm. around. Yeah, I want to follow Liv Morgan." Every time I open that app, I am subjected to just some. Just immediately have to close the app in front of your parents' level picture. Like it's been so difficult over Christmas. Oh, I'll just see what's going on Instagram. Uh, that's going to have to be closed immediately. So I don't know whether she's just she's just infiltrated my brain, and now I'm not one of these people who wanted to see better things for Liv Morgan. I want to see better things, but well, certainly no more than I want to see better things for all of them. You know what I mean? She wasn't mm-hmm. a particular it wasn't a particular case for me. But now has has the algorithm knowing knowing how much I like to see like. E girls, has it just somehow made me convinced that she's a future, a future women's champion? Is this a me thing?
2: No, it's not you thing. You know, um, I, and this is what's disappointed me personally. Um, is that it, it's just it hasn't really clicked. The promos, like it's really hard to deliver WWE verbiage convincingly, and the greats in the modern greats in WWE, kind of they have to game the system, don't they? They have to circumnavigate all that is bad to show what is good, yeah. and. That's an unfair test. But within those parameters, Liv Morgan has has kind of failed that test this time around. I do believe her time will come. I do believe there's lots to get excited about. I do believe some of it is because of those Instagram thirst traps. But I just don't think now is the time. I will say this for this match. Becky Lynch's work for me has been the best of her career in ring since she's come back as a heel. I've loved watching the things she's added to her game to try desperately to get heat from crowds that just want to adore her. Like, she is working her arse off to try and be a wrestling Mm. heel. So I think the match will be the best of any they've had so far. But Lynch to return.
1: I just want a quick final point here. Because at the minute, it is just two blokes in their 30s talking about women posting thirst traps, which is absolutely Mm. dreadful insight. But actually, it does raise a fairly good point because Liv Morgan was somebody you didn't think about at all about a year ago. Um, 2020, she launched a YouTube channel, which I think I'm right in saying is coming up to about 100,000 subs now. That's doing quite well. She's obviously got a social media game down really, really well. So yes, it might well be that the algorithm serves her to me because they know I'm single and approaching an age where I shouldn't be single. (laughs) But clearly, she's like, she's mastered her own marketing. And with professional wrestling, recognition and getting the audience on side outside of what WWE will give you is half the battle. Like so many wrestlers have got themselves in a spot on companies through their work outside of that in their spare time so yes while we are touching on this on a very sort of like (laughs) surface level it probably does speak to like how hard she has worked to make her an unignorable thing for anybody who's in the professional wrestling sphere.
2: No that's what I kind of want to give credit to and I'm a little bit disappointed it's not necessarily manifested in this program. Mm. I admire any wrestler and Liv Morgan is definitely one of these who show entrepreneurial spirit in the face of like just systemic oppression that's exactly WWE.
1: it that's exactly you know it. for
2: a fact that if Liv morgan got released tomorrow her pro wrestling tees shirt would sell out on day one yeah like,
1: that's exactly it that's exactly
2: and it and anyone in that anyone in that sort of specific um atmosphere i've got like huge respect for because it's hard to do it within that system uh
1: yeah right. i think i've salvaged that quite nicely there yes right so speaking of hard <laughs> to do it in that particular system uh the miz takes on edge for all the credit The Miz gets for being somebody who has basically made being a sports entertainer, like, mm. actually look quite like quite a good thing. Like, this is how you can succeed in the confines of it. Always think Edge was a weird progenitor to all of this because he was a WWE guy for a much different age and kind of dismissed naysayers and worked his way up the ranks and grabbed all those proverbial brass rings, did everything that was asked of him, then finally got into a position where it was like, well, I guess you got to be one of the guys now. When the audience went completely on board with it and mm-hmm. then made it work and now has this incredible legacy. So it's actually think a lot a lot more interesting comparisons can be drawn between the two than often do get done. But what is this match? <laughs> I don't quite understand. Like, I, lo- I love the contrast of them both. And I think there is an interesting story there. But I don't know if this is it.
2: Well, it's funny that you mentioned that they are kind of closer together than they are far apart. Mm. Because that, that really should have been more drawn upon you know instead of Edge um like raking up all the old stuff about Miz being disrespectful or doing what WWE always do and giving the baby face the John Cena line of basically just calling somebody a failure and then proving it which does nothing for anybody the Miz is the only guy that absorbed that because he spent a lifetime absorbing it from John Cena himself yeah. so like he's the one that's completely immune to all that but that's what they've given Edge here it's a shame they've not drilled a little bit more into that because in many ways um these are the kind of, for all that they've achieved, like vast sums of wealth and glamour from WWE, they do feel like survivors of the system in a sense. Yeah, so like
1: they made it I, work I can, in spite of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I kind of, I completely get your comparison there. They were, yes, both of them had elements that were always going to be pushed, but they still had to fight from underneath the things because of the just Vincent Mann's weird Picadillos, I guess. And yet, um, Vincent oh, Mann's weird what? Picadillos, just his. It's like fascinations for tall people oh, and there's things.
1: There's tiny, there's tiny little cucumbers.
2: <laughs> no, I, d- I don't know what those are. I'm not cultured enough in food. Pick Anyway, carry on. I'm gonna Google that one. Carry on. Google that one. I am more interested in the mixed tag match with them respective wives than I am the singles match. I hope that's what this is. I've wanted this to be a vehicle to that from the very beginning. Give me the cheapest finish you want here. So that we can have Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and uh, Maurice at the <laughs> Sorry, Rumble. Just, just for a second
1: there, I thought you said give us the cheapest finish you want here, so we're gonna have Edge and Beth Phoenix at the Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like,
2: put them in a singles so... match. Yeah, no, I want the mixed tag uh, at the Rumble. I think this has been, if nothing else, nicely arrived upon here to get to that. Because one of the things WWE has to do sometimes in January is tactically stop some wrestlers wanting a golden ticket to WrestleMania. And it's like, I'm not going to enter the Rumble because I'm in a pointless feud with somebody. And you have to, like, <laughs> like every, every year this happens where there's two wrestlers in a singles feud. It's like, hey, lads, put it on hold and enter the Rumble. No, I've got to fight him at this specific pay-per-view. But The Miz and Edge, two perennial Rumble favourites, could be embroiled in something deeper here. And the mixed tag at the Rumble is a nice way to lift them from the battle royal itself. I would like that. And as a result, I welcome The Miz, with Maurice's help, cheaply winning this one. They went to goo on Roman. Like black goo, a brood bath, as they're now calling it, because they don't like blood. Like they've got, if there's ever a tell in twenty twenty one and now twenty twenty two WWE, where they've run out of ideas, it's goo. So they're already. Uh, it's ironic that they like admit they're out of juice by dropping tons of it on a wrestler's head.
1: I uh, <laughs> I was up, I was up quite late uh, on Monday this week, and one of the last things I saw before I went to bed was a picture of Eric Bischoff uh, in this. Yeah in his finery doing uh doing the ceremony and i remember thinking oh that's an, that's a re- that's nice it's nice that that's good good to see him back blah 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 and the first thing i saw when i woke up was him getting interviewed just covered in muck and i just thought why did i <laughs> like literally why did i dare hope um I this I completely agree It's a nice cheap win something big at the Rumble and you would conceivably buy that they would rather be doing that than being in the match itself I would love to see a mixed tag because I always really like mixed tags I think it's properly properly untapped uh, territory for WWE especially when they just seem to they seem to be quite happy to let so many talented women just float around the building not mm. doing anything for so long it's always nice when it's like oh yeah like Marisa's actually I know she's good as a manager but I always think she actually delivers okay in matches Yep. Like given Agreed. given the level of expectation you have for her, she plays her part in those really really well, and they use her so sparingly it doesn't get boring. Um, and also it would just be great to see Beth Phoenix in another match. I'm gonna guess yep. a first since Mania.
2: Well, it's uh, it would be a first since uh, yeah, probably WrestleMania. It was it 35 maybe where we were there the Divas of Doom with with Natalia. But something else to consider by the way is that if these four were going to be in the Rumble, it would sort of be ideal for WWE because they've only got about six women left on the books. So how you arrive at, how you arrive at 30 for that Battle Royal, at least Beth Phoenix and Marisa are in the building if you're starting getting desperate.
1: Yeah, good point. Excellent point. Well made. Right, the Usos versus the New Day. Uh, I mean, the question is, <laughs> what do you say about this that you haven't said 100 times before and, coincidentally,
2: been correct about? Well, it's like it's been said a lot in the last few years that... Sometimes the best way to watch WWE is to not watch WWE. Like, if over the last four years, the Usos and the New Day have fought so many times, it's always good, always rewarding. Like belt a belt. That if I was as somebody that like has to watch Raw and SmackDown for the podcast reviews, was to say to you, somebody that doesn't, hey clearly: it's the Usos versus the New Day at the pay per you You might be like, Oh, cool." That might be worth watching because I don't need to give you the details of how their current feud on TV has been pretty boring. It's been been pretty laboured. The week to week's been pretty lame. I keep going back to this. Roman Reigns really shouldn't have beaten the uh, Big E at the Survivor Series. Really shouldn't have happened. He crushed uh, Xavier Woods' crown and he crushed the New Day physically to build heat to the match against Big E, which he then won. Yeah, the, the Usos are Roman's goons, but it doesn't really matter. The Bloodline have kind of already asserted their authority on the New Day, unfortunately. If Big E had won, then the New Day would have had a, a bigger claim for this. The tag belts are instead now the things that the New Day can try and reclaim a bit of joy from. They might, but does that really matter because the two teams have traded these belts a million times before? What will happen is in the face of a story that people are bored of, the wrestlers will wrestle beyond themselves as usual, and this will be one of the best matches of the night.
1: I was going to say, obviously, it'll still, it'll still deliver because it, they are physically incapable of not delivering, such as the, both, both the individual quality of the men of the teams and the chemistry between, again, yep. both the men of the teams and the, them as a four. Is, are we likely to see anything we've never seen before here, though? Do you, think, do you think they've got it in them to, like, somehow elevate this?
2: Do you know, ironically, that's the thing that I think they always try and shoot for when they face each other in... like, they, they know they have to fight on television all the time, and they're not going to reinvent the wheel on, on a Raw or SmackDown, but they know when these title matches come along or these pay-per-view come along, there's a slim chance that it's going to be more memorable. Mm. The Usos in the New Day are really good. WWE's all about moments, isn't it? It's about moments more than it's about matches, yeah. more than it's about pay per It's always about moments. Think of the Hell in a Cell, where they use kendo sticks to create a prison to trap one of the guys in. Think of that incredible SmackDown gauntlet where the Usos refused to fight the New Day so that Kofi Mania could live on because there was such a mutual respect between yeah. these teams. These guys, as a foursome and as a fivesome, I guess when Big E's involved, know how to think outside the box and you are allowed to place, said this for years now, in WWE, trust the workers, not the process. And you are absolutely allowed to place your trust in these guys that they will deliver something good on the pay-per-view, even if the story isn't leading us that way.
1: And uh, and indeed we shall. Uh, which moves us on quite neatly to uh, Roman Reigns, of uh, mm. Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns of previous problematic uh, renown, versus Brock Lesnar. Now, this is pretty much this is the this is the Paul Heyman derby, isn't it? That's pretty much all there is to it.
2: Yeah, pretty much. So Roman has extricated Paul Heyman with that beating he gave him the other week on SmackDown. But is it a ruse? That's I guess something they want us to think Paul Heyman has appeared dishevelled and unshaven and desperate to probably get the Tribal Chiefs' love back. But we have been here with Paul Heyman before, uh, both with Brock Lesnar and with CM Punk. Sometimes he wants to be the puppet master. He wants all the wrestlers to be the marionettes. And was this beating an orchestrated plan to lull Brock Lesnar into a false sense of security? Was this a genuine extrication from Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman will now do whatever he can to earn Roman's love back? I don't know that. But what i do know is the rumor that i think was planted out there by dave meltzer which means based on the wording choice he was absolutely informed by somebody wwe are planning wrestlemania level implications to something on this pay-per-view and as it stands it feels like it's this doesn't it this looked for all intents and purposes like it was going to be the wrestlemania main event they have instead put it on day one to make this wwe love their firsts and they've wanted to make this show feel special I just cannot see Brock Lesnar. I never have done seen Brock Lesnar being the guy to actually take the belt off Roman Reigns, but might Paul Heyman's involvement bring in a third man? Don't ask me. That's who that what is. I'm that's what I'm thinking. Is is there a triple threat in the background that they're looking at for WrestleMania because they can't go back to the singles match? What's what is it about this that will lead us that will show us something that looks WrestleMania ready afterwards?
1: I honestly I completely agree with what you say there I think the only Wrestlemania level implications you can have and again we might be being guilty here of implying giving them a level of credit that they're not deserving of and the implication might just be oh it went to a non-finish so they've got to have the rematch at Mania but like you would like to think that the only way you can really turn this story on its head and really make it genuinely compelling television is if it ceases to be oh which one does Paul Heyman truly favour? None of them None of them. He's the master at this. There is, he's been getting played like a chump by the pair of them. Brock's mm. been winding him up and making him, putting words in his mouth and doing all this stuff. Then Roman's dropped him and all this. You think Paul Heyman was going to stand by and let all that happen to him? No, because here is, and I cannot finish that sentence.
2: Almost. Oh, you know what <laughs> he's, I mean? ma- he's massive. Do
1: you know what I mean? I just can't, I don't know what the end of that sentence is.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, that, and, and to be fair, like, look, we're, by previewing like this isn't wwe.com copy we're speculating here yeah but i guess you can give a like a slim slither of credit for wwe to this because it's heyman because it's reigns and lesnar you're allowed to think something is going to happen it might not be our speculation of a third guy it might not be paul heyman involving himself on one side or the other and indeed maybe he's going to still try and tread that ambiguous line but they have something here i just don't know how yet they stretch that to wrestlemania and that's going to be the test that we're going to see play out on saturday
1: I'm just looking at the list of inactive male wrestlers right now. Who could be potentially on their way back. Uh, right now, you've got... Uh, well, on Raw, you've got Gable Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Alexa Bliss. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bray Wyatt. You've... Maybe they re Bray Wyatt for 10 cents on the dollar. <sighs> what about him or Braun? I, uh, I mean, you'd have to assume that they'd be willing to take the money. I don't know. I don't Sorry, think
1: I just, want. i I've, 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 I've just, said a <clears throat> so bliss, and I've activated my uh, echo over there. <laughs> to know. Not you. It's a problem with doing this from home. Bra- Braun or Bray is the only two viable names here, isn't it?
2: I mean, WrestleMania is in Texas. One of Paul Heyman's first ever clients was Steve Austin.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be Austin's. <laughs> Oh God, It's more like it's more likely to be Shawn Michaels. Yeah,
2: I, oh, I, look, it, 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 we we sound like we we're trying to will an idea into existence here, but I just don't think. I don't think WWE, for all that its neck has been made of brass for the last few years, I don't think they're going to do another singles match for WrestleMania unless there's some more spice than what we've currently got. I agree. I, agree.
1: I think the only way to go with this is only way to go with this is by inserting somebody else, and it's the only the only reasonable solution you have to this storyline because otherwise. Like, because the thing is, either Brock wins, and you just have to have a rematch. But how many times have we seen Roman Reigns go into WrestleMania taking on Brock Lesnar for the championship? It's been done so. It must be. It must have been done more than any other WrestleMania match at this point.
2: You know what it's, I mean? I mean, it's yeah. We've had two goes around of it, and we've had multiple versions of this iteration now as well. They fought in Saudi Arabia.
1: Yeah, and if you don't, if you have Roman retain, what on earth, what on earth, logical reason have you got for Brock to get another shot? What interest is there in Brock having another shot if he doesn't beat him?
2: I've got our guy, Cleary. We're looking, you know, we went down the Braun Strowman or Omos Street because they're giants. You're looking for somebody with history with Paul Heyman. Let's get this podcast as part of a word-for-word deposition down the road because we know he loves those kind of legal moves. It's going to be the return of Ryback, our old friend. (laughs) An old Paul Heyman guy brought in in from the cold. Big fan of him here at What Culture Towers. Love it. Oh, God. Oh, God.
1: Now, you do realise there's going to be a video on Ryback TV now of Ryback reacts to uh, him to WrestleMania 38 triple threat rumours.
2: He'll probably leave it on unlisted by mistake. He's the man that thought Terminator 2 was called that because there were two Terminators. (laughs)
1: Oh hey, when he when he listens to this, the amount of the, the hundred nugget challenge that sprays out of his mouth is gonna be a sight of you'll <laughs> wish he had those wipers on the inside of his car, I'll tell you that much. Right, okay. <laughs> Moving swiftly on because the part not getting any better than that. Uh, big E versus Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley. In what is the Bobby Lashley derby? In that the only person involved in this match still feels like Bobby Lashley.
2: Yes. So I'm gonna try and uh heat this podcast up with a hot take at the bitter end here uh bobby lashley has in my opinion added some like much needed spice to this match like i wouldn't normally advocate for making singles match triple threats or triple threats fatal four ways like the more remotely man match you make it the more theoretically you dilate the fun of a of an actual title match however lashley's comeback was very well received they've done a really good job of starting to tease out that he's well he is a baby face if this is split down the line you've got two Babyface leaning characters in two heels. They've put Rollins and Owens together in this kind of honour among thieves relationship for the greater good until we get to the pay-per-view, all that sort of stuff. And I think that's been quite funny. Um, Bobby Lashley is gradually breaking away from MVP to become an eventual Babyface superstar that Vince McMahon wanted to promote 15 years ago. Big E, and I'm going to go back to it again because I really can't express enough the damage that was done by that Roman Reigns loss. Ha, no longer fi- Like, I love yeah. it. <laughs> we, all, we all love Big E, but he is, like, he rules this red brand with honour and wit and steel. But WWE are not a company capable enough of selling him as their top guy when he was beaten by their actual one. You know, they just, they don't have it in them to be able to sell him as the man when he's just lost to the actual man a month earlier. So I think it might be time to take the belt off him. But I have a very WWE pitch as a way to do that.
1: Oh, hit Uh, me, hit me, hit me with
2: it. So Lashley and Big E have kind of been on the same side for the sake of forced Raw tag matches, but there is a competitive element to their rivalry, and that will overspill in this Fatal 4-Way match. They will be the two monsters of this match, the two heroes, and they won't be able to stop fighting each other. And it will be after, let's say, Big E has just uh, hit Seth Rollins with a big ending, after lashley spared him but one of them tries to go for the cover the other pulls the other one off and they brawl off to the floor and they cannot be separated kevin owens the guy that has sidled up to seth rollins seizes opportunity and pins his mate to win big e's wb title pins a prone and down seth rollins and what's happening here is two things number one you've got owens trying to stay friends with seth remember how he did with jericho like, I could see Kevin Owens as the champion again, saying, Come on, Seth, you would have pinned me too. We're, we're buddies, we're friends. And this eventually, you can have some fun with them on Raw. And for those that know, it's a bit of a oh, th- thank you so much, Kevin, for signing a contract. Jesus Christ, we couldn't have lost another one to AEW. Just thank- take a belt. Take a belt. It's WrestleMania season. We don't mind having a heel with a title because you're going to lose at WrestleMania. Just have a belt. Oh, Jeez, okay. exactly. He pins Seth. Big E doesn't lose anything because he's embroiled in this splinter feud with Lashley. They're both heading into the Rumble anyway. They both want to win the Rumble, the the hero's journey, etc. And Owens, the absolute snake of all snakes, pins his snake mate. And the two of them have this uneasy Stooges relationship on TV with Owens as champion yet again.
1: I love that. I'm filing it under not in a million years, but I do absolutely love that (laughs) idea all the same. I I don't think they've got it in them to think of anything that clever and nuanced. I think literally what they've done is, They've decided a few weeks ago that they actually want the belt on Bobby Lashley. I think it's a genuine possibility Vince has been backstage and pointed at Big E and went, yes, but I want the belt on him. And then later been informed, you know, that's the guy from the New Day, right? Not Bobby <laughs> yeah. Lashley. What? Oh, it wasn't really... Uh, the eyes on not what they used to be. So I think there's every chance that they've just realised that they actually... Get
2: me Shelton to- Benjamin, like he did when he was talking to Michael <laughs> Sauer.
1: Yeah, so I think there's every... Every chance that that's... Uh, it's just them rectifying the mistake they made in the first place. So the, the real reason he looks like the only person who's involved in this feud is because in the minds of creative, he is the only person who's involved in this feud. Yeah, he takes the title out a canter and goes into a WrestleMania match with nobody particularly interesting.
2: Uh, I can't fault that either. Like... There's a there's there's two kinds of booking, fantasy and reality. And I think sometimes it's worth sticking with yours rather than mine.
1: Thank you very much. And on that note, that brings us to the conclusion of the day one preview. How excited for you? How excited are you for it, in a way?
2: Uh WWE, to their detriment sometimes, insist on firsts being memorable something yep. will happen on the show something will happen that we'll have to talk about when it's finished and I'll, that's all i mean
1: <laughs> allow me allow me to correct you there michael hamphlet something will happen that you will have to talk about <laughs> i i will be on holiday and on that note uh this is this is the last one this is the last one mm-hmm. not in real time but this will be the last one that i do that goes out so that's that's quite that's really nice in a way and Congratulations. To
2: a i don't have to do another one it's been a it's been a gritty and grinding christmas and you are due your flowers
1: for yes, people the train on the tracks. I should point out, people are like, "Oh God, just so nice of you to just just to fill in and like just to hold down the fall, I like, what, what a hero! I should point out, I'm doing this because I rolled the dice and I thought Christmas. would I looked at the case numbers and thought Christmas would be cancelled, so I didn't bother taking any holiday. And then <laughs> the only thing is, I was right. The case numbers went exactly where I thought they were going to go, and then our government just didn't put in any restrictions. So everyone's had a terrifying but quite open holiday, and I've just been in the office
2: like real here. ones know that January breaks are the real breaks.
1: Yeah, somebody with a somebody with a January birthday. I can confirm that is absolutely <laughs> the case. Right. Uh Michael Hamlet, thank you so much. Where can the good boys and girls get you on Twitter? At Michael Hamlet. Get me at Adam C-L-E-R-Y If you heard the word birthday then thought, oh I should say something nice to him. It's January the 5th, but don't knock yourself out. The entire What Culture Wrestling family at What Culture WWE. Of course, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, they're much better from now on, because Wilburne, Hamlet, and Sidgwick all get on them, and you can subscribe to them on What Culture Wrestling Podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Oh, I nearly got through the whole 10 days <laughs> gobbling that ember Oh well, or oh, whatever you get your podcast from for Daily Wrestling Podcast you know what they do because I tell you on every single podcast until next time though Michael Hanford thank you so much please everybody do enjoy day one and join the boys right back here wherever you're listening to this for their review of it apparently there's going to be something worth of you talking about apparently uh, but in the meantime yeah it's been it's been real it's been real I'll see you all soon I'll see you later <laughs>